0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to this dangerous podcast. My name is Johnny Maunders. People, introduce yourselves.
1: Hello, my name is Bertie Trail.
0: <laughs> DJ, do you remember your name?
1: <laughs> I'm DJ.
0: She's busy eating bread cake, whatever that is. It's like 50% bread, 50% cake.
1: That's what they call it? Isn't
0: it? Like okay. panettone, I think. That kind of thing. Yeah. I like panettone. That's nice. So how are we all? We've had like a little week off a bit more than a week I think now we had a week off how is everybody
1: uh pretty horizontal
0: <laughs> pretty horizontal you look horizontal does yeah. it you look more horizontal than usual and you always look a bit horizontal
1: yeah that's right actually I'm I'm actually in yeah so I'm I'm doing my usual but I've got a blanket on so yeah and I just had a cup of tea so that's pretty pretty horizontal for a Friday,
0: uh, are you still not drinking
1: Still not drinking. A few more days until dry January ends. So
0: so this time next week, you'll be giving us a lovely another cocktail.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I, I think I will, to be honest.
0: You don't uh, want to raise expectations too much.
1: Well, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out whether I, you know, have I have I got to this stage because I don't want to drink or because I just want to complete dry January and then start drinking again. And I'll probably find out very shortly after February begins that it's probably the latter. Yeah. A
0: little piss head.
1: Yeah, Those <laughs> Irish genes.
0: Uh, poor Irish people. But again, I spoke to you when I spoke to you earlier. You were drinking the same sort of mocktail, the horrible concoction that there. you had last time with vinegar and apple juice, which
1: yeah,
0: just basically looked like urine, and I'm pretty sure it tasted a bit like urine.
1: Yeah, the golden shower, the the, the mellow yellow. You call it what you want. I mean, it's <laughs> I, add, I add the side of it. I like apple juice, obviously. Who doesn't? But then I just add the side of vinegar to give it a little bit of a kick. Um, just so it tastes like I'm having something alcoholic. So I mean, make make of that what you will. But I feel like I kind of need something. Just so something.
2: I'm just laughing at Jonathan's face. Yeah, <laughs> I've,
0: ne- I've never heard anybody add vinegar to a drink to make give it a kick. Like, oh, you know, most I know some people like to use vodka with their coke, but I like to use a bit of malt vinegar. Well, I-
2: so give it a kick. I Me can
0: piss it; that'd give it a kick. <laughs> yeah. Your own shits would give it a kick.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, but then I'll probably poison myself more than I would if I was just drinking alcohol. So, yeah. Although yeah. I probably have poisoned myself somewhat with the amount of cider vinegar I've. Yeah,
0: maybe, maybe you're pickling your insides.
1: Yeah, that explains why my shits are so dry. Hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think I think you want to <laughs> take that up with the doctor, person. <laughs> That's it. Okay, so you're still on your little vinegar fix. Maybe it's one of these, like, fad diets that people should be doing.
1: Hopefully it is a little fix. Hopefully I'm not fully
0: addicted to it. <laughs> addicted to the old cider vinegar. <laughs> Fucking eat more! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when did it start? So, I, I must I have, have had probably. my first I must have had my first vinegar when I was about 12. <laughs> I uh, was in the chip shop and they did these little sachets of malt vinegar with the chips and I couldn't stop.
1: I <laughs> started guzzling the whole bottle down. <laughs> SARS.
2: probably immune to corona by now.
0: The SARS is the little bottle with the red label.
1: Side of vinegar kills coronavirus. You know, it's mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
2: disinfectant.
0: So yeah, disinfectant.
2: And ginger ale. And oh, ginger, ginger beer. Oh, amazing.
0: Wait, ginger beer and ginger ale are, are different oh, I
2: imagine it's the same thing. Is oh, it? no. no different things. Well, I wasn't talking worried. about you beer,
0: but... What's the difference in ginger ale and ginger beer, DJ? You know, the
2: alcoholic
1: ginger
0: beer. Oh, Crabbies. Crabbies. Other yeah. alcoholic ginger beers are available. True.
2: I was thinking of, like, the soda.
0: Yeah, that's ginger beer. well
2: oh, you said Stella.
0: Stella. That's Stella, isn't it? Soft drink, Stella. Ginger Stella? Ginger Stella or Artois.
2: All ginger beer is ginger ale, but not all ginger ale is ginger beer, right? Okay. <laughs>
1: you just you just twisted my mouth,
0: not uh, DJ. This feels like the first time I watched Inception. I'm going to read out what Wikipedia says. Ginger ale is a carbonated soft drink flavored with ginger. It is consumed on its own or used as a mixer, often with spirit-based drinks. There are two main types of ginger ale. The golden style is credited to the Irish doctor Thomas Joseph Cantrell. The dry style, also known as the pale style, is a paler drink with a much more milder ginger flavor. That's different than ginger beer. Ginger beer is a sweetened, carbonated, usually non-alcoholic beverage. It is produced by the natural fermentation. Okay. So ginger beer is more natural. It's caused, it's made by, like beer, it's made by fermenting. Whereas, Mm -hmm. whereas ginger ale is usually flavored. So ginger beer is probably better then.
2: Interesting.
0: And actually in ginger beer, they use yeast in the way that you would with be normal beer so
1: that's a conventional fermentation
0: beer.
2: see but that's what I was getting at ginger beer is
0: more beer
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> ginger beer on a summer's day is a nice thing it
2: but is. they sell they've got like Canada Dry makes like bold ginger ale now the first yeah. time I opened it it was like woo it went on my nose and then I just started drinking it like water it's kind of lost its touch now
0: I quite like it I like ginger beer with rum that goes well
2: Absolutely. Like a
1: punch. And Malibu
0: as well. Malibu. I, I haven't drank Malibu since I was like fifteen. Yeah. yeah, it's quite uh quite
1: sweet, isn't
0: it? Like me.
1: Insanely sweet. I'm
0: sweet enough. DJ, you got your shades on. You look like a sort of seventies uh, singer that's come to the Are you studi- talking to me? Yeah, you got your sunglasses. You look like I don't know, like a Carly Simon type that's come to the studio <laughs> to sing. Her latest soft rock album.
1: Are you going
2: to sing? <laughs> Hell no. not
0: oh, no. Come on, give us one line. Belt us out of tune.
2: Nope, but I can rap a few songs. <laughs> is but smart. that's not happening today. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Should we move on to some serious matters?
2: You're sure you're
0: sure. Other than my yeah. impending hair loss and Bertie's. It is receding a little I'm bit.
2: Don't mind me if I'm doodling. I'm still paying attention. I'm just like... That's
0: right. I have to do stuff with my hands. I'm not a teacher anymore. <clears throat> so th- there's some shit going on at the moment with vaccines, isn't there? Lots of people are getting vaccinated here would do, do. My mum's been vaccine, vaccined, vaccinated. And my grandparents are getting vaccinated very soon, which is good. But there's this, a little bit of a fight going out with the EU because, because the Oxford-AstraZeneca company have not been have not honored 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 their contract with the european Union and not delivering their vaccines so and the eu is like oh you're pro- like prioritizing the uk of the eu so it's become a bit of a row and obviously it's inflamed a lot of the sort of brexit debate stuff and people are saying oh well it's, you know it's because the is incompetent and that kind of shit so yeah, and there's a lot of people that are basically being quite nationalistic about it, like oh, we shouldn't help our neighbours because you know we don't, because we're British. And uh, and it and it from the outside anyway, it looks like basically the company they did a contract with the European Union, and it just hasn't fulfilled its contract. So I can understand why the EU is a bit pissed off. But Bertie, what do you think? Yeah,
1: no, I've heard heard a bit about this. Um, so. Yeah, it's not, really a, it's not really a good place to be, I think, is it? Um, now with the EU, where it's a case of them sort of saying, you know, we're, um, you know, we want vaccines, and you know, we want your vaccines, and all of this, it's a bit. Um,
0: we yeah. want your vaccines.
1: Not it is, though, isn't it? It's like it's, it's now becoming very. Political. And
0: we might be a bit annoying to get them
2: UK doesn't want to help the EU.
0: Sorry, moment. I got lost. Okay, okay so there's the, a British company that's making vaccines for both, um, for both the EU and the UK, and it signed contracts to supply both. But it's a, it signed the UK contract well before the EU contract. The problem has been is that they have not delivered on the EU contract. They say it's because... They
2: haven't delivered the EU contract.
0: Yeah, the company hasn't delivered the vaccines that they're contracted to do, allegedly.
2: Which companies? So they've only done Oxford, the
0: UK? Oxford, AstraZeneca.
1: AstraZeneca,
0: is it? Okay. And So the EU has said, accused them of prioritising the UK vaccines and said that, right. why don't you slow down the UK vaccines and send us some of those? And obviously the UK government is saying, like, no, well, we got to this contract first. You should give us the vaccines that we've ordered. So it's a bit of a mess. And I can sort of see all sides of it to a certain extent. Because it would appear that both sides have signed contracts. So both of those contracts should be honoured. However, I don't think all the nationalistic arguments about, oh, well, it's because the UK is better and all that kind of shit. I don't think that helps anybody. And also now there's an issue about Ireland as well, because obviously the Republic of Ireland is in the EU. Um, Obviously shares a border with the UK. So there's that. And actually now the EU has basically threatened that it may block shipments going to, the nor- to Northern Ireland.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that's what a major move. I mean, this, this yeah. is where I think it gets, this is what, what I'm saying, I think it gets a bit almost geopolitical. Um, and I think really people shouldn't be trying to, sh- or people, sorry, should, should be sensitive and careful not to, to weaponise a vaccine in that sort of way. Mm. Um, I do see that, you know, the EU want their side of the bargain to be held up. Um, but AstraZeneca is a company in its own right, with its own interests. And I, I think it shouldn't be acting purely in a national interest, if that's what's um, suspected. I, I think, you know, they should be upholding their contracts by law, right? Um, regardless of you know um, who they're for, really. They should be upholding those contracts. Couldn't
2: they just do it by, like, the number of cases in each country or something?
0: yeah uh, uh, that's something that people have suge- that's something that people have suggested though that's quite difficult to police and again who's going to make the company astraZeneca do that the problem yeah. the, the problem is a lot of people have sort of suggested that that suggested that the government has put a lot of pressure on the company to to prioritize the u k and also suggestions that the u k government has promised to make lots of investment in the in that company so there's yeah there's accusations of sort of dodgy behavior going around but i think i just i just don't think it's particularly edifying for anybody if that makes sense like whatever side of the brexit debate you're on you shouldn't want anybody to suffer you shouldn't want anybody to have to go without a vaccine yeah
2: but it's not that easy for people is it no it's not to think like that
1: no. And it's tricky because people will people will argue, well, you know, if this vaccine is going to the EU, well, people will be getting vaccinated in countries that have a lower death rate than us, you know, which inevitably there will be, because the UK does have quite a high death rate. Obviously, you've got countries that have comparable death rates in the EU. But yeah, it's, it's probably the what ifs that get people, mm. uh, you know, um, but, but in, in my eyes, I think it's important the detail of the contract as well, you know, is there like a timeline that they've promised to deliver these vaccines over for mm. the UK and for the EU? It'd be interesting to know that. Just to well, know.
0: That's another interesting thing is the EU have asked AstraZeneca to publish the contract, but AstraZeneca have refused to do that, which is quite interesting. Because mm. um, basically, the EU says, in the contract, it says that you promised to give us the shipment on by a certain date. And they said, please, can you show us, you know, publish the contract so everyone can see that. AstraZeneca refused to publish the contract, but i have also said that actually that the contract doesn't say that and the contract says that they will try and get it done. So it's kind of a bit suspicious in that sense, because <laughs> if you've got nothing to hide, surely you would just publish the contract, or at least at least a bit of the contract that wasn't sort of...
1: You've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to fear. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's,
2: you know uh, what this reminds me of? You know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> Another show. I quote so much. Um, but, like, there's the one where they're trapped in. Um, well not trapped. They're doing an escape room. Yeah. And, like, they obviously it's a team building exercise. Yeah. But they lock D in the other room. And then it's just the guys. And they kind of make fun of, like, like. Um, I think they were kind of taking dabs at like America and the UK and stuff yeah. like how they like
0: yeah.
2: deal with things and negotiate and um because yeah, like this is all for their benefit of everyone but they just don't use any like common sense or mm-hmm. like logic because like someone wants to win but there's like not there's no winner.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's definitely true. And while I've been critical of like the UK, the EU is to blame as well. Certainly EU member nations, member states are. because, yeah. for, ex- for example, they have often not pursued the vaccines that are ready in favour of vaccines from their individual countries. So for example, a French pharmaceutical company has been developing a vaccine, but it's nowhere near ready. Mm. But the French government has said, well, if we back the English one, it'll be bad for us politically. So we've got to support the French one, even though
2: people are dying. Who cares? Uh, even
0: though it's nowhere near ready, so they spent loads of money on a vaccine that is nowhere near ready. And by the time it is ready, it'll be too late. Everyone will be vaccinated with the other vaccines.
1: This is the thing. You just think with with a country like that, you've got to you've got to make compromises. You've got to say, look, like this vaccine really great, the one that they've produced in I don't know America or the UK. Let's buy a load of that. And meanwhile, let's f- put some funds into our own companies to develop. Well, that's what India have done. And they've got quite a decent strategy now because they they ordered early, I think, with Pfizer. Um, so they got quite a few, quite a few vaccines through like um, and that's sort of doing the first lot. But they're also developing their own vaccine, um, which is being relate- released um, later, but will still be like, you know, sort of whilst they're doing the first lot. So... That's the sort of thing countries probably ought to be doing. But like, yeah, just sitting around with your thumb up your ass sort of saying, oh, yeah, let's just wait forever until we do make this bloody vaccine.
2: <laughs> I Not say it time right and story. time again. People just want, there's just this mentality that's like, I'm so stummered that I'm going to bring everyone down with me. You know, like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Definitely. It's an emergency. At the end of the day, it's like saying, old are, you who going, just... "Are you going to ring the fire alarm? Are you, you know, are you going to whack the fire alarm, or aren't you, so that everyone in the building knows you've got to get out? Or are you just going to sit around picking which fire alarm?" I mean, it's a terrible analogy, but you see what I mean. It's just like
0: yeah. it's an
1: emergency. You know, there needs to be
0: <laughs> definitely. It's yeah, and everyone should be working yeah. together because the whole thing is affecting us all, and also the whole thing is showing us that. You can't really control things in one country, and without controlling in another. If that makes sense, um, you have to have cooperation, especially
1: when it um, comes to diseases like that. Yeah. Exactly,
0: and again, this is also coming to sharp focus. This is a great segue from me with the rumored variants: the Brazilian variant and the South African variant. As my South African accent, <laughs> my South African accent the uh, uh, South African variant. And, and the worry is, and these are spreading quite fast, um, I think last week they said there was about 77 cases of the South African variant in the country, and they haven't done much analysis of it. And they're worried that the vaccines won't work against the variants, which is pretty damn scary, if that's you so ask fun. me. Yeah. That's... The, and yeah, and they, they, they don't know if they're more dangerous, but obviously if, they're, if the vaccine doesn't work on them, then we're back to square one. Yeah. Pretty mental. But South, South America is, to my Brazil, South America is being absolutely ravaged by COVID. I've seen that Peru's gone back into lockdown. It's just, yeah, it's terrible, really. So yeah. ho- hopefully, the, hopefully the vaccines do work against the variants and hopefully the variants don't spread.
1: I, yeah, I mean, um, think that we were kind of, we're kind of looking at it now with the slowing of the rate in the UK and probably to an extent now the United States as well, touch wood. we're starting to get it under control with the vaccines and all that and the vaccine rollout programs been, been done pretty well you know still pretty efficiently so far it just makes you think will that all be for potentially nothing if one of these variants comes out to to defeat the vaccine you know like i mean it's crazy you know i i don't know masses about viruses and virology and all that but you know when you Oftentimes when you get a vaccine, you know, like hepatitis or something, you know, you take two jabs and you're immune for life, polio, all those other exotic diseases. So to be told, right, yeah, you're going to probably have to have another four vaccines. You know, you just don't know, do you? Like, could you potentially, could this thing be so wild and going out of control that you basically have to get more and more vaccines throughout your life?
0: Wild like a Swansea nightclub. Exactly, yeah.
2: I heard the second one, the second shot you take is like makes you really sick.
0: Well, my ma-
2: there's not a lot case of cases people getting sick.
0: My mom had the first jab last weekend, and she felt really awful this week. Luckily, she's not oh, to work, but she's yeah, and she felt that was the Oxford AstraZeneca one, I think, and she felt really bad this week,
1: oh, really like lightheaded you. and
0: sick.
2: Yeah,
1: sickness.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's it's worrying. How how are the vaccinations going in the in the US, DJ?
2: Um, I mean, they've started giving them out. I haven't heard from my GP about mine, but I know some people. I've seen people line up for them, and I know my mother's had hers.
0: Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully, Biden's had one.
1: Yeah, I think he. Well, hopefully,
0: depending on how you view the world,
1: Junior Biden.
0: Junior Biden, Biden Junior is what they
1: call him, isn't it? Ironically,
0: I can imagine him like dressed like a sort of ball boy. I mean, that'd be quite
1: funny.
2: <laughs> just <your> fantasy, <laughs> yeah, that's
0: that's one of my fantasies. Um, I'm into old men dressed up as ball boys. We all know that.
2: I think at the moment, it's mostly like people that work in healthcare and like people over sixty-five mm-hmm. are like a priority. So they're like going down the list i guess Fair
1: enough. I did, a, I did a bit of quick maths earlier quick Um maths, maths. <laughs> what's his name big shack
0: big shack uh,
1: yeah reminiscing the 2018 days um so yeah, <laughs> maths because um i wanted to know based on the percentage of people in the uk who had their like, roughly what age group that kind of gets up to because I imagine they're doing it starting with the oldies you know and then working their way down to the middies you know so I think I worked out yeah you know the sort of 50s 60s I was thinking where are we on that so I think we're all like basically based off the numbers we've probably done most most people or nearly all people over the age of 75 and a substantial amount to the ages of 70 and 75. That's what I've worked out based on the fact that we're at eleven percent vaccinated currently. Um but obviously that does vary because like some people like for example your mum jolly's got a vaccine more recently and that's partly because of where she works. And then some people um I've heard about some people's much older grandparents having them slightly later than slightly younger grandparents because of where they are and whether they're allowed to come out to get them or whether they need a home visit, those sorts of things. Mm. Boring details. But yeah.
0: My grandparents live in Wales and it's been really chilly done in Wales. So that's why they've been you giving it so late. They, they do, yeah. They're not Wales. It rural? Oh. rural Wales. All of Wales is rural, let's be honest.
1: I suppose, yeah, to be fair. Unless you live on the coast. That's still pretty rural.
0: Unless you live in Cardiff yeah it's been really slow there so that's why they've been like yeah it's kind of messed up the world is messed up as we all know this brings us to Boris or Bodice as I like to call him Bodis, who basically this week in one of these many briefings where he looks completely dishevelled and looks like he's just woken up uh, he
1: day for him isn't
0: it which could be true actually because he did admit that he takes I think no, no he didn't admit there was rumours that he takes naps during the day <laughs> which is just hilarious like I think, yeah, I think Margaret Thatcher said that she used to get four hours, and obviously, I'm not a fan of Thatcher at all, but she used to have four hours sleep a night, and that was it. And Boris decides that he has naps in the day. It's just so, it's it's like so Boris, isn't it? I saw someone on Twitter say that, like, did we realize that we had Baloo the bear from Jungle Book as our prime minister? Um,
1: (laughs) He has got that bear with a sore head. Can I look about him? Yeah. So, it like Winnie the Pooh trying to scratch around for a jar of honey. Whoa whoa. I oh, was honey on my toast this morning. Where is
0: it? But yeah, the idea that Boris has afternoon. Piglet. <laughs> Where's my honey, Piglet? Just starts walking around Downing street in his underwear, scratching his ass. Like You think
1: if, if Boris is Winnie the Pooh, then Matt Hancock and his pink tie can be Piglet.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh Rishi Sunak is Tigger.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay,
2: and so I need to make like a comic of this.
0: And Michael Gove as <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, that sort of really l- elongated sounding voice, yeah. <laughs> that, that jaw. That's I like want to
2: get my nephew to draw this now.
0: I don't know who Christopher Robin
1: would be. If we drew these, we could do sort of voiceovers.
0: <laughs> oh my god, that would work! Yeah, That'd
1: be amazing.
0: Come on, DJ, you can draw
2: i can't draw like that though that's why i was seeing my nephew because he make he can draw like characters
0: yeah get him on the old winnie the pooh
2: <laughs>
0: didn't um didn't the chinese government ban winnie the pooh the winnie the pooh film
2: because it looks like um what's his name
0: yeah um the leader i can't remember his name z
2: something right
0: g ping Oh yeah Xi, Ping is. Okay. yeah, Xi Jinping. Yeah, yeah. They banned it because apparently he looks. There was a picture, wasn't there, of him walking next to Obama, and people said that he looked like Winnie the Pooh. So they've blame They've banned that.
2: Okay, if I was a leader and people said I looked like Winnie the Pooh, I would just start playing Winnie the Pooh on propaganda
0: posters. <laughs> I, I would own it. I would own it. I would own the fuck out of it. I'm not
1: gonna lie. <laughs> That is seriously woke. That's just like banning anything that anyone says because it's mildly offensive to you. It, you know, it's just like yeah. chill out. Yeah. Can
0: you should have said that, Ian Honey.
1: Yeah. If I just because I have a massive forehead and a receding hairline doesn't mean that I ban all memes about massive foreheads and receding hairlines. That's not how it Trump doesn't ban all of the memes about his hair and all that. That's probably one positive thing I can say about.
0: it. He, he would have liked to. I'm sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, he would
1: have loved the attention.
0: But yeah, I, I yeah. did. Add into fair. this At one of the briefings, Boris. So Boris was asked whether he had any regrets or whether he he wishes things he'd done certain things differently, and he said that they did everything that they could. And obviously, people like were pretty shocked that he said this. And there's so many tweets and responses came out listing all the things that they like mistakes that they made, and all the things they could have done. Whether it was locking down earlier, whether it was protecting care homes. Getting track and trace right, all those kind of stuff. Um, not having Dominic Gummings breaking the thing. So yeah, it's just, it's just mad. And particularly as I think we have the highest death rate per capita in in the world, I believe. Um, yeah, enough, I think, I think yeah. only Belgium has the higher higher. I think. Well,
1: yeah, I saw Netherlands is quite high as well, but it's it's quite hard really to, in a sense it can be quite hard to quantify if, for example, if it's a small, small country, yeah. the death rates are really high, just like Luxembourg and places. Yeah. Like that.
0: Cause they're dense, more dense, quite a big
1: country had a lot of deaths, having mm. a higher death rate is quite a lot more significant.
0: Yeah. Um, So I think it's crazy that Boris says that they did all they could. And I think, and I think that's the thing is that I think people in some ways would have a bit more respect for him if, he had sort of admitted, oh, that we made mistakes and I regret it. Because I think the reality is that now everybody knows there were mistakes. So this whole idea of spinning is just empty. And I think it does feel like in the last week, I don't know about you, Bertie, it does feel in the last week, the narrative has changed a bit. And I think things have become a bit more, not bleak, but like, it it seems like the, the Boris is on the ropes more than he was. It all seems a bit more like, tired it all seems a bit like the last days of Rome if that makes sense
1: I see what you mean but I think the whole thing with Boris is that and, and this is the thing like, I've always kind of thought this about Boris and I feel like everyone kind of knows it is that he's a bit of an actor he's a bit of he's a uh, prick well yeah he, he just he's one of these people who he I, I don't think he's genuine you know it's very hard to get genuine feelings from him because a lot of what he says is, is hot air um, and mm-hmm. That's partially, you know, like that's partially some people said one of his, you know, one of the upsides of Boris is that he's able to get a group of people on side because he's, you know, he's an actor. He's got this kind of like persona. Uh, but the problem is, is that all of that is just rubbish when you come to situations like these where uh, human decency and, and honesty are really crucial and communication as well, not only within your team, but with the whole country. And that, honestly, I think communication is where Boris has failed spectacularly. Probably more than any other world leader. Maybe even well, I mean, Trump's obviously you know another ball game. But like, yeah, Boris Johnson communication just terrible. Like communicating rules to people. It's been the same from the fucking day one of the first lockdown. Just
2: like and Trump yeah. really. I mean, he's an actor.
1: Yeah, I mean, in a way, I feel like maybe even Trump tried to conceal his um, his vices a lot less um, than Boris.
0: Testing that Trump is a, w- a weaker actor. Yeah,
1: I think Boris is... Yeah, Boris is almost kind of full show, isn't he? Um, yeah. yeah I, I, it's all
0: crap
1: when it comes to this sort of thing, anyway. I, I, th- I
0: think there's a lot of it. I, I, think, I think people increasingly realise that there's no substance to Boris. And that you look at his popularity and you look at actually when his... The, the, When supporters list his successes, when you look at it, a lot of it is sort of when he was mayor of London. And a lot of being mayor of London is being sort of like a flag bearer. It's like being a sort of spokesman or a sort of symbol. And he's really good at that. He's good at sort of being almost like a brand that's sort of being happy and not inspiring, but you know what I mean, enthusiastic about things. But a lot of people have said this, even Tories have said this, that he's very good at good news and terrible at bad news. So like... so like everything. So when everything's going shit, like he has no idea what to do, and also he's just a lazy prick. Let's be honest. Like he has, you know, we're talking about taking his naps in the day. Like he has no idea what's going on. He's completely incompetent. He's just, you know, he's just the guy you wheel out when things are good. Do you know what I mean?
1: Exactly. He's the
0: he's the he's the big fat party animal you wheel out when when you're at the Christmas party.
1: He can't connect with people, and that's that's a real problem. Like people will like him up to the point where. It's like, it's like when you if, you, if you were just a person you knew, like if you know that person when everything's going great, then great. He's a great time guy. Mm. As soon as shit hits the fan and things start getting really rocky for you or in your team or whoever, and Boris is there, like I don't think you're really going to get through to him and vice versa. Mm. That's the feeling I get from him. It's like, he can't seem to speak to people, uh, yeah. or, you know, speak to the people, um with the decency I feel like it's all kind of an act and and everyone knows it because he'll say one thing but then do another and yeah.
0: He's like that friend that you just invite to parties like you don't invite them to serious things you never invite them around to like meet your parents and you certainly wouldn't invite them to a funeral um, or your wedding but he like always just comes to the parties because he's like he's like you know good person to be around in the parties and buy you all drinks but you don't want to see him the next day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This sums up perfectly really that sums up I, I just yeah i just feel like everyone's kind of even sort of his own sort of supporters i think it's starting to realize who he is what else yeah. should we talk about
1: yeah what else is there lockdown
0: penises
2: so i just took a moment there to like process the state of the world <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah you looked incredibly yeah. pensive there did you i thought you were going to come up with something really insightful
2: you ever just like see something or hear something you think about something like going on, or maybe you see an advert, or I don't know, you just kind of like shudder. <laughs> yeah. I like maybe the like sometimes I see really cringe adverts, like commercials and stuff. Mm. And I'm like, ew, like that seems like something like in that movie, Idiocracy, like in the future and everything. And everyone's just really stupid. Or sometimes you just kind of like, wow, it's like actually really depressing. I mean, you already knew that, but you always think, nah, no, it can't get worse than this. It's like, nah, just you wait. Oh, but it gets better. Fucking Redditors <laughs> <laughs> taking down uh, hedge funds.
0: Oh, yeah. What was it called? Um, games. What was it called? Games.
2: What the f- Fuck. GameSpot?
0: Is it GameSpot?
2: You talk about that if you want.
0: Yeah, talk about it. I don't know about it.
2: So, what happened? These people on Reddit from Wall called Thread or whatever. I don't know how Reddit works. Uh, Wall Street Bets. They got GameStop and like, They bought a whole bunch of stock or something that people on Wall Street were going to short, I think. So, okay. So a hedge fund called Melvin Capital wrote an article about how it would be a smart investment move to short sell GameStop stock. And so people from Wall Street Bets on Reddit, they have something called (laughs) meme stocks and apparently one of them is GameStop. Yeah, so they basically bought up that stock and it's currently worth like 300 something per share. Yeah. So that means Melbourne Capital lost like billions of dollars.
0: Yeah. That is pretty messed up. Yeah. (laughs) I've looked up some odd stories of the week and I have a few. A man who bought a huge tattoo of Boris Johnson says he will never regret it. He got a huge picture of Boris Johnson. It's a disgusting picture. I'll show it to you this day. Had it tattooed on his stomach. And this is what the Metro says. Kenny Wilding, 42, used the bizarre Boris tattoo to raise money for a family friend um, who has got rectal cancer, which I guess is a slightly odd coincidence. Bearing in mind it was on his stomach and it was a Boris. And the, the bloke said, I think Bozza is a legend. I have never seen anyone with a tattoo of him. It hurt. You could say I nearly wet myself. At (laughs) first I thought I might regret my tattoo of Bozza, but everyone loves it. I will never regret it as I was doing it for a special person. (laughs) That's cute. Does anyone want to see the picture?
1: Yes. Do you know what? I want Boris to go and give him a special, like, just meet him up specially and get a picture with him. That would be amazing.
0: Right. It's a hilarious picture. That's on his Ooh. stomach.
1: Boris looks deranged in that.
0: More deranged than usual. Right.
2: I mean, yeah, he always looks a little bit deranged.
0: I mean, he looks, you know. I've got some other great That's stories. That's
2: so revolty. Why would you put that on yourself?
0: I've got some other great stories in the week. A restaurant in Brazil is accused of hosting a sex party amid the coronavirus pandemic. Ooh. Staff allegedly had sex on tables that were customers had eaten on shortly before
1: right. that's hygienic isn't it I hope they sanitise the tables in between in,
0: res- in response to the claim the restaurant's Instagram page posted two cryptic responses which did not direct sorry which did not deny the claims um, the, the, owner, the owner said that people shouldn't worry because the picture <laughs> was taken recently
2: I don't know what to say
0: <laughs> the picture is not current I was thinner when it was taken <laughs> said the funny. owner banter These so people.
1: they absolutely bantered it basically they just tried to banter their way out of quite a bad situation
0: Stand. right I've got more here a woman in Canada has been fined for breaking a COVID curfew by walking her husband on a lead <laughs> when stopped by police
2: oh, I think I heard about that
0: when, when she was stopped by police that she claimed to the police per, police officer My dog. that her partner was in fact a dog <laughs>
2: Wait, were they, did they have their mouths covered? Like, were they wearing masks?
0: I don't believe so. So basically, <laughs> oh. so so there's a curfew in Canada from 8pm to 5am, but dog walkers are exempt. So she took her husband out on a lead.
2: <laughs> okay, the, you see what I mean by just the moments of shudder?
0: Yeah. The woman refused to pay the fine because she believed that it is her husband was a dog. This is a great one. A 30-year-old man decided to change his name to Celine Dion after having too many glasses of wine <laughs> thomas Dodd oh, now yeah. Thomas Dodd now known as Celine, had the idea while drunkly watching one of the Canadian singers' concerts on YouTube over Christmas. He thought it would be a great idea to pay the eighty nine pounds to officially take her name, but completely forgot about it when the official confirmation documents arrived on his doorstep this week.
1: Oh. He was absolutely bladdered, basically, and he completely forgot that he did it.
0: <laughs> but uh, Thomas has no plans to go back on his decision, and he hopes it might get him backstage to one of one of her gigs. But he's admit, he admits he has not is yet to tell his bosses, and he's dreading it. And his mum has not seen the funny side of it. <laughs> I think this is the best part of it: is that Thomas slash Celine is a hospitality manager from Tamworth. <laughs>
1: oh, it's just some bloody hotel manager. He's probably that hotel manager that everyone says, oh, he's so fucking boring. Oh, he's got no charisma. Oh, and then they find out on the news that Tom or whatever his name is, is going to change his name to Celine Dion.
0: <laughs> when I read the document, I said, this can't be real. Someone has done this to me. I just don't remember doing
1: it. <laughs> he must have been absolutely out of it. Where are you finding these, Johnny? This is on
0: the Metro. This is brilliant. She said, I did tell her it could be worse. I could have changed my name to Boris Johnson. We're just, see, lucky. To we're, just, we're just lucky he doesn't have live concerts on YouTube. I'm also dreading going back to work. Do I have to tell them that they have to refer me to Celine? Refer to me as Celine now. Oh, here's one more. A bodybuilder who married a sex doll has revealed that she tragically broke just before Christmas. <laughs> Yuri Tolochko from Kazakhstan is now waiting to, to see if his wife, called margot can be repaired in time oh. repaired in time for christmas this is from last where are
2: you reading me <laughs>
0: this is from the metro
1: is this after margot
2: oh.
0: yuri from kazakhstan said that she is broken and now she's being repaired she's in another city i miss her when she recovers it will be a gift for both of us he did not explain how margot had been broken <laughs> It comes after he married Margot in late November after a number of delays due to the pandemic. Pictures posted to Instagram show the sex doll dressed in a white lace gown while Yuri wore a black tuxedo for the (laughs) the ceremony in Kazakhstan.
1: That's fucking sinister.
0: posted a video which showed him putting a ring on Margot's finger and members of the wedding party dancing and celebrating the occasion. Yuri wrote, wrote as a caption, It's happened. To be continued, which sounds very ominous.
1: That sounds really ominous.
0: According to local oh, media reports, the marriage is legitimate because the only requirements for a wedding to take place in Kazakhstan are that both consenting parties have to be over 18 years old. That doesn't even make sense. The potty builder who identifies as pansexual describes himself as a blogger and sexy maniac. <laughs> I like the process of sex itself, he said. And gender, sexual orientation are not particularly important here. Our story turns beyond much more than the sex. The couple started dating at the beginning of 2019 after they reportedly met at a nightclub. <laughs> <You know> what? <laughs> and he popped the question at the end of the year. This is getting increasingly. She has her different. own Instagram account
1: he By, sorry, chance, did by time any time chance write now? this article. It sounds like he wrote the article. <laughs> he has <laughs> her own Instagram account. Fucking and
0: and they, they posted posts with them having dates, bubble baths, and holidays together. They even oh. have a <laughs> they even have a pet dog. <laughs> okay. Oh. I think everyone should Google this story. The bloke is called Yuri Tolochko, and he's from Kazakhstan. And if anyone wants the link, I, write to me and I will send you the link because it is possibly the greatest, t- greatest tale ever told. The greatest story ever told.
1: Yuri, mate.
0: DJ is so unimpressed by that story that she's gone to have a, another poo, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Or she's gone to eat more food.
1: All of those intense stories were burning up a lot of bowel tension for her. So she's going to ah. release all of that negative energy into the bowl.
0: Well, she's gone to marry a sex star
1: are you having a, are you running a bubble bath for you and your partner and <laughs> you um, met in a nightclub
2: i put the kettle on and then grabbed a piece of with your oh,
0: with okay. with your husband yeah
2: with what
0: with your hu- plastic husband
1: <laughs> that's the thing though if you like if you set it all up so that you have sort of dates and i don't know like <laughs> dinner nights and all that do you,
2: you near my nephew have this thing where my if i was like a supervillain, villain
0: uh-huh.
2: i'd be the taxidermist
0: i can imagine that weirdly
1: EP.
2: so i would stuff people and things
1: and animals and shit
2: yeah and that's what my husband is
0: oh he's like a stuffed human okay i get it
1: mm-hmm. a stuffed beast or an oddly shaped parcel
0: yeah, my, my worry about being yeah, stuffed yeah. is my worry about being stuffed is if they ran out of stuffing or they did it really badly and it was sort of uneven <laughs> and, and i had, like big bobbly parts. And-
1: you, you become like a sort of rotting Satsuma when it's. <laughs>
0: I've got like a massive ass or something so like
1: ridiculous. that. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, they just make your bum look really big, like Kim yeah. Kardashian.
0: They put too much stuffing in my bum. That'd be my worry.
1: <laughs> yeah, they sort of sexualise you in a very demeaning way.
0: I wasn't say that we could have too much stuffing in my bum as a as a <laughs> as a as a name of the podcast, but I think it might might not might not suit Spotify's uh no, I think. you Wow, really,
2: oh, that bread should is really. so good! It's like an orgasm in your mouth. I'm not kidding.
1: Orgasm bread. I
0: really okay. wish. Orgasm care. bread is the name of the podcast. Everybody. Okay,
1: there we go. Orgasm. orgasm bread. <laughs> Those are two words you don't normally find in the same sentence. I think bread and. Orgasm. Huh? Bread probably isn't normally in the same sentence as orgasm.
0: Should be more the often.
1: The very ordinary and the very extraordinary combined. I like it.
0: Yeah, breadgasm should be more of a thing.
2: I mean, I think I have an orgasm every time I eat bread. Orgasm bread.
0: As I say, if there's any potential suitors for you listening, they know the way The way to get to you is bread.
1: Okay. <laughs> Question is, is it Most- a salad?
0: Is it? Yeah. Maybe. Most most people expect flowers and chocolates on Valentine's Day. You you better get ready for some king's meal.
1: A loaf of delicious Vogel linseed bread.
0: Yeah, what's your favourite kind of bread? Baguette. Uh, <laughs> I love I love, I, I love the way.
2: Oh you, I right. love I,
0: lo, I love the way that we were trying to make it less sexual and then you made it more sexual. Baguette.
1: The baguette is probably the most sexualized piece of bread on the planet. Yes.
0: Right, on that note, I think we should bring this podcast to a close. Thank you very much for listening, children of the Revolution. Join us next week for more.
2: I realize how awkward this is. I was this impatient. I had to
0: dangerous activities. <laughs> DJ, yeah, DJ basically basically DJ's so impatient that she can't wait for you to stop listening. So she's making a cup of tea right now. So say goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye-bye.